0: 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Game Over.
1: Welcome to Game Over Montreal. I am your regular host, Andrew Berkshire, and I'll be joined shortly by your irregular host, Julian McKenzie. We all love him. He's the greatest. But first, I have to say, are you not entertained? Like, what is this team? They don't give in. Yes, they got pounded by the Florida Panthers, but they are friggin' entertaining. They are actually fun. And they have almost nobody who's not injured. <laughs> the roster's getting thin. Jake Evans is injured, but uh, let's welcome in Julian now. Julian McKenzie from the CJ show, from Yahoo Zone Time, from The Athletic. From the athletic support show, I believe, sometimes or the athletic hockey show. I've
0: never actually time out, time out, time You've out. I've never been on the athletic athletics, support, eh? I have I have that is like the, the one podcast I've never been on. I have never been on the athletic support show with Mark Antoine and Arpin. Not because they don't want me on. It's just it has never worked out where I've been able to be on their show.
1: They say that, but really they don't want you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put that on them. don't put that on the no, no, I still we... want an invite to that show when that opportunity comes. Don't do this.
1: We love Marc Antoine and Arpin on this show because they are great people, great writers, and uh, we don't want to burn any bridges with them. That would be awful. We love
0: them so much. If you burn any any of my bridges with them, I swear to God, Andrew. (laughs) I swear to God. But yes, I stand upon the shoulders of giants at The Athletic.
1: Of course, as we all do in media. That's how you make it in this industry, really. No matter how hard you work, if someone doesn't give you the time of day, you're never going to make it. it
0: Thanks, Andrew for giving me the time of day <laughs> like all of eight tr- years ago. i wasn't
1: trying to go there
0: made it just you know fluff yourself up and be like hey not you, at all you see all. why julian's where he is right no, now i gave him that time all. of day and that one time in college
1: i i mean someone more established than me julian someone I, more mean, established. I don't
0: know bad it could be anybody man. like you think it's just you think you're a nobody but you could open a door for somebody and then all of a sudden they end up just bursting all the way through it you could have been like mark Dumont be like i don't want to talk to this guy and then you run into them like how many years later? Shout out Mark Timon, good friend of both of ours.
1: Yes, of course. We all love Mark, who, uh, if anybody doesn't know, just got extended to a full time position with the Montreal Canadiens. Best signing they've made since Tyler Toffoli, I would say. Maybe <laughs> Sha- maybe Chantel's up there, but uh...
0: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah, Chantel's I, I gotta say, yeah, Chantel's really good. And I'll just say this as a as a media member, uh. Just in terms of the info you get out of practices or just from Chantal in general, it feels like it's way more transparent or you're less in the dark compared to the previous regime with Paul Wilson. I didn't have any issues with Paul per se, but I know some other colleagues may speak differently, but I think Chantal in the way that she's handled just revealing injury news or just any news in particular they're, they're 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 willing to talk they're willing to say like hey this is what's going on and they're they're a little bit more transparent with that stuff and just in talking to her and and charles like you know from the in the media pr relationship it's it's a relationship and it for me especially as a young person like just get still getting their feet wet in the beat i just gotta shop them out and be like you know what the dynamic with them has been pretty good Yeah, I got to
1: say the Canadians, you know, they're pumping their own tires a tiny bit by like putting the article out on their own website. But they had something go out uh, earlier today talking about uh, Cole Caulfield, talking to Chantal and basically her saying, like, be yourself in the interviews, be your energetic self that everybody loves. Dance around, have fun. And he was like, what? You want me to do that? And all I could think was the previous regime. We're going to make him a better person. Like they've come so far in such a short time. I don't think people realize yet, like everybody's having fun right now, but I don't think people realize yet how much of a difference maker that's going to be for the Montreal Canadians in terms of players being happy in the organization, the off ice product that we get to see in interviews and media availabilities. And also how easy it will be to sell the product in this market, you know, like get young fans involved in the game. People are going to like that approach.
0: What I also wonder is is if that approach could also trickle down to prospective free agents who may consider joining the Montreal Canadiens. There are the factors with whatever COVID regulations may be in place come free agency or just cut taxes and all that, and also just potentially being in a completely different environment from what they might be used to, but... Uh, Kent Hughes has said he's wanted to, he wants to make the organization a place to play for. If the way they market their players, if the way they're they're put out by the team has any impact on on players to to join the team, that's also a big positive in terms of them trying to build themselves up going forward. So, yeah, it, it's interesting to see how the way they've shown their players. I mean, hockey players are still hockey players; they're still. not to maybe I'll get critiqued for making a generalization about it, but I still would like to see more of them show themselves and use a fewer cliches. It obviously makes my job a lot easier, but I'm still waiting to see more and more of hockey players. And if organizations are willing to kind of let them shine, it's going to make it better for them. It's going to make it, it's going to help us as media people tell better stories and fans might be able to relate with them a little bit more. A kid like Cole Caulfield who's a kid. Uh, like you see, like the little videos of him just like doing like the dance moves, whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. Like, kids are gonna relate to that, obviously, and younger fans are gonna relate to that as well. That should be a good thing. That should be a cool thing to see. Uh, just their players obviously doing their thing on the ice, but also just coming across as relatable people off of it.
1: Yeah, 100%. As much as they
0: can, of course, considering they make millions of dollars and all that.
1: And to go along with that, you're talking about unrestricted free agency. I think given the way this season has unfolded since the coaching change, there's going to be players that hit the free agent market that want to play for Martin St. Louis. Just that wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me in the least. It might not be the biggest guys right away. Cause like, obviously everyone knows they're going into a rebuild, but when they need it, I have a feeling there's going to be some free agents who maybe wouldn't have considered Montreal who now are because playing for Martin St. Louis Gives them some freedom to play, to learn, to be their best selves. Basically, like the freedom that he has given players. Like we talked about on the last show, that in his first game as a Montreal Canadian, third game ever, he throws Justin Barron out there for the first shift of three-on-three overtime. Give him three shifts in overtime. Like that kind of confidence booster you give to a kid like that. It's incredible. And uh, for yeah. anybody who's interested, yes, there will be an announcement tonight on the show a big announcement we're going to leave yeah, it for it's, it's actually legit
0: it's actually a big one it's actually yes. a big one i just want i'm, I just I'm have not a question kidding about.
1: around about that it is a huge announcement
0: i have a thought about the freedoms that martin san luis has been able to grant his players and how they've responded to it i think it's great to see them thrive and and a guy like justin Barron, who i don't know how many minutes he played tonight but we all remember the gaffe he had earlier in the game which i know you were trying to Attributed a little bit more to Mike Kaufman. There is some blame on there, but I do think oh. Justin Barron kind of, yeah, he killed onto the puck a little bit too long, and, he, and, it, and it ended up being a, a, a gaff. But I, I, the fact we saw Barron on the ice a little bit more, he eventually gets his first NHL point. I, I think for, I think that's that's good for him at least for his confidence. You don't want to put him in this situation already. Plays his first game for the organization and gets like benched for making a mistake, right? Like it's good that the Canes are not going to are, are seemingly not doing that. But the one thing I want to ask about the freedoms that St. Louis is granting to his players and the liberties that they have, how will that change? Cause I, cause I think Marte St. Louis will end up being full-time head coach if it's not official already for next year. How will that change in a season where the stakes I mean, they won't be elevated or raised, but there will still be something to play for when game one of a new season begins. Remember, the Canadians are in last place or they're, they're near the bottom of the standings if they're not at the total end of the standings. There's no real stakes at this point. It's all about just uplifting the guys and making sure their values go up and the players play well. But like, if they win like even three games in a row, it doesn't really do anything to their standing. It doesn't really do anything for those players. If they lose, just like the way they lost tonight, I mean, people will be like, oh, well that sucks. They lost to Florida, but there are more fans. who are probably going to be happy about the fact that they're still doing it for that first overall pick, right? Like there's, there's some freedom in the way the Canadians are playing because of the fact that they really have nothing to lose. They, They could win games and it's just good for their confidence, but it doesn't do anything for them trying to make the playoffs and you could afford to play a guy like Justin Barron, how many minutes and live with him making mistakes and telling guys like, hey, you know what? You can just, you know, figure out your reads and just play freely offensively. I wonder how that will stick for next season once St. Louis' is behind the bench. And you know, maybe the expectation for the Canes isn't to make the playoffs again, but maybe if the Canadians find themselves in a position where obviously they have athletes, they want to win as many games as they can. How that affects everything? I'm I'm just curious about that. Yeah, I think if that it's makes sense.
1: Be, yeah, I know it, it does make sense. I, I mean, essentially, the question is: when there's something to play for, will St. Louis be willing to take those risks to allow players to develop properly or or get the best out of them offensively? Personally, I think looking at how the record has gone this year, with how bad the roster is overall, he's at the very start for sure. He's going to let it be loose, and I I don't think next year even if they are surprising that the goal necessarily is to make the playoffs and as much as like this year people are worried about them moving out of the bottom of the league or whatever uh this year is a bit of an outlier in terms of how many teams are really really bad i think i I don't think seattle will be this bad next year know new jersey probably gets a lot better like look at what jack hughes is looking like now (laughs) that team's going places uh arizona will probably be this bad next year so there's there's no way the canadians next year finish 32nd
0: you don't even have to go out of of another thing with that you don't even have to go out of the division right another reason why i think the canes will probably still be low i mean they'll still have the contending teams of florida tampa toronto should still be good but I'm looking at the teams above them. Like, are, are the Senators still – I mean, they. it might not be the year again for them to make the playoffs. Are they still going to be that bad, though? Are they going to be better challengers? The Buffalo Sabres have been knocking on the door, trying to get out of mediocrity for over a decade. Is next year finally the year they do something? What about Detroit? Is Detroit ready to do something now? Like, there's so many good teams in front of the Canadians, and there are so many teams who have been bad for so long, there's no way they can continue to be that bad for yet another year. But hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. And with all that in mind, you know, the Canadians, They yes, they did go to a Stanley Cup final last year. Let's see how they mix with some of those other bottom part teams of their Atlantic division. That's also a factor that needs to be considered in this.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, I choose to believe at this point that St. Louis will continue to walk the walk. I think we're going to see, like if you read what uh, Arpin wrote in his breakdown of St. Louis style, when they did their big interview, uh, St. Louis is like very consistent with every interview he's done that he sees it as like a long-term issue or a long-term challenge for a coach. So he doesn't want to like go in and show everyone like this is what we have to do and it's 500 different things they're working on something until they master it and then the next thing until they master it and then so on and so on so i feel like it's basically going to be maybe by the end of next year we see them play the way he actually wants them to be playing overall Mm -hmm. like we've seen improvements here and there the record's been pretty good overall especially when you consider the roster but there's still a lot of issues for the Montreal Canadiens. They're not amazing, you know? Like they're not uh taking teams like the plant, the Panthers out to the woodshed, you know, surprising them in that way. They're kind of getting the the really surprise counterattack scoring, which is fun in a short sample size, but not something that you can rely on for long-term success. So, we're probably going to see all sorts of different changes as the years go on under St. Louis, but I'd like to think that just because I've never seen another coach deploy like he does that. He continues to do that. It's such an interesting factor in keeping kids confidence. Now I know I was reading in the comments here that Nick Suzuki uh, called himself out for his play in the post game. I didn't think he was bad tonight, but I didn't think he was bad the last time that he called himself out either. But the last time he did call himself out, uh, I believe he went on a crazy scoring streak. So sdpn's new partnership with sports
0: interaction
1: if you're interested in that (laughs) get on that and bet on
0: nick suzuki scoring next game because uh are we gonna have a break in the podcast where they just have the segment with sports interaction for like 15 minutes or whatever i'm
1: kidding
0: (laughs) yeah i don't think you make a great segment (laughs) you make a great segment it's great for sponsorship i'm not gonna say no to sponsorship money yeah oh balls Everybody in the comments write uh that you want to see Chris Johnston do a manscaped ad.
1: Yes, please. I want to see Chris Johnston <laughs> do a manscaped ad. But uh, all right. Did so you hear what talk- he
0: said about Did he hear did you hear what he said about game over on the last episode of the CJ show?
1: I haven't been able to listen to it yet cuz my Monday and Tuesday are so crazy, but uh and part of that's to basically do with the said- announcement that's
0: coming up. That's true. He basically said that like he he doesn't know how you manage to do a show like every, you know, every game day like it's actually ridiculous how he didn't say ridiculous in that situation but it was absolutely ridiculous how you were able to to, to make it work so he gives you a lot of kudos for, for being able to do that and I also told Thank him you, CJ. you know there's an interesting comment to do when there's someone else on this network who <laughs> sort of does the same thing and you're not saying the same thing about him but I'm just gonna leave that there but also like he does
1: TSN like every day so CJ you're in working the day
0: uh, yeah, he doesn't guess. work nights. He doesn't That's work. True. Nights. He's he's chilling in Florida he's, right now. He's probably it's like 10, 14 Eastern. He's sleep. Probably. Uh, maybe he's he's finishing up dinner with Pierre or something.
1: Oh, well, if he's out with Pierre, then uh, he's not sleeping yet.
0: They're at the jukebox. No. Yeah. OK, whatever, whatever you do in Florida. Yes, I I, I've not traveled enough as a media man uh, to know what's good in Florida yet or anywhere so- beyond <laughs> toronto or ottawa really
1: <laughs> oh my god they're writing a new ad copy for manscaped in the comments here tyler oh god, g94 they- says say game over to your hair <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> all right manscaped you no. gotta get on it you gotta sponsor game over now because we can we yeah. can make this good we can seriously like, they're already doing the work for you you just gotta throw a little money at us we'll get you lots of people buying some manscapes who doesn't
0: need Tell some landscape
1: it. stuff? Okay, we're giving out too much uh, free advertising Sorry. Sorry. here. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, so let's talk about the game a little bit because I had some things written, and I swear to you, Julian, yes. in the second period, 30 seconds before Joel Edmondson scored, I wrote down a little note, and it said the whole second period has felt like a Florida power play. And then right after I wrote that down, literally 30 seconds, Suzuki wraps around the whole zone there, finds Joel Edmondson, Edmondson's first goal of the season, which he said previously he'd dedicate to his dad. He's emotional after it sparks the team. And in the matter of a couple minutes, it's a tie game, incredible pushback. And it's once again, this team just, they don't ever give up. And in the third period, the Panthers played, man, perfect hockey, frankly, they were incredible. And the Canadians yeah. weren't able to do much about it. That's to be expected against a team as as good as the Panthers when the Canadians are so shorthanded. But I I just I can't help but be impressed by this team, even when they lose seven to four.
0: Yeah, I I get it. Like it, it gave me back vibes to the game they had against the Winnipeg Jets, where they found themselves down by four nothing, and they found a way to get all the way back. Yeah, what's interesting with this team is is that they're not going to give up in games and they're not going to just lay down and and die. Yeah, they're going to go up against the Florida Panthers, which, by the way, is the second time in like two weeks where they've at least kind of given the Florida Panthers a good go at it. Like even the game they played at the Bell Center, you know, the Panthers, yeah, they, they won that game, but they need to kill off some key minutes near the end in order to secure that victory. The Canadians were not slouches against the Florida Panthers, a team, that is expected to compete for the Stanley cup this year. Maybe I say all the time, moral victories are for minor league coaches and all that I'm Quoting Jay-Z. But I think in the, in the business of that for, for the Canadians who could probably use all the moral victories they can get. Yeah. You, you kind of have to look at those two results against Florida and be like, Hey, we ran up against one of the best teams in the national hockey league. And we found a way to kick back when they were kicking at us, if, if you're the Montreal Canadiens and you're saying that, like, uh, there's nothing to be too ashamed of. And I mean, I know we'll get into some negatives at some point, but I, I don't think overall, between those last two games, nothing to be too ashamed about it for the Montreal Canadiens. I think you can admire the effort, you can admire the players who have stepped up in both of those games. I really like the Joel Edmondson story. I like the fact that, uh, was able to get a goal. We all know about how about his father passing away earlier this year and what he's been going through uh to get to the point where he's at now while still finding a way to make an impact on that locker room. Just reading a tweet from Marc-André Perrault from TV Aspar. Apparently, he and uh Christian Dvorak they took out uh Jordan Harris out for sushi That's yesterday cool. and they paid. And uh yeah, like a lot, it's just it's just a show of, of leadership. On the part of Joe Levinson, the guy, again, was not played so many games this year because of 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 the setback with his back and other personal issues going on. But it's been cool to see him endear himself to his teammates and establish himself as a leader in that dressing room. I don't know if you're part. I don't know if you're subscribed to the theory that he should be captain of the Montreal Canadiens, but I'm not I on that but def- I saw it going around he's definitely ingrained himself. If it wasn't clear at all clear already, he's definitely ingrained himself. I think in the Canadians leadership core.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he has. And I think they really did miss him this year. Honestly, like the, the leadership vacuum they dealt with can't be written off in how the season went. And I think that also made it much more difficult for Dominic Ducharme to like get things pulled together. Clearly he failed at that, but yeah, I, I think they really missed Edmondson this whole year. He's been great. I think his role right now where they're putting in with Justin Barron, has been really interesting because he's a guy that's very easy to play with and he's very predictable in the decisions that he makes. He makes relatively quick decisions and it's kind of allowed this this rookie to break in and immediately play top four minutes on a team that isn't that good against real tough competition, frankly. Uh the the Canadians right now are facing a pretty rough spot in the schedule in terms of the teams that they're facing. So really kudos to Edmondson. Can't say enough good things about him right now. I think that he's getting his timing back now after the first few games where, you know, you sit out the majority of a season, you're going to have some issues. But overall, overall sorry, uh, nothing bad to say about Joel Edmondson. I will also shout out that, Tonight was Nick Suzuki's first 50-point season.
0: I didn't see that much did on Twitter. It. Wow. So yeah. This big for him. To, yeah, I feel like this is kind of snuck under the radar, but mm-hmm. this is a guy who, when we look back at his career, we can look at this as a step up for this player. This is a guy who, at the beginning of the year, everyone kind of saw it coming. He was going to be deployed in some situations that were going to be a little bit more advanced than what he had before with Philip Deneau in front of him, he's had games where he's had to go up against some of the other team's best players. And all the while he's still able to get himself into the 50 point threshold. I think this is a, even though this year is bad considering the fact he's, he's pretty much played every game. He didn't get hit by the COVID bug or anything, or even the injury bug. He's never missed an NHL game. This is a success for me as far as I'm concerned for Nick Suzuki. You don't want him regressing. You don't want his stats to be around what they've been over the last two, three years. Like you want a player like Nick Suzuki who's you've signed long-term to progress this year. And the fact that he's already at 50 points, there's still some games left. He could easily reach 60 before the end of the year. That's a positive for the Montreal Canadiens.
1: It absolutely is. And the fact that he and Caulfield continue to be so dynamic offensively. I know they didn't get to generate too much tonight because the Florida Panthers were very smothering in their defensive uh, play, I thought, despite the fact the Canadians scored three quick ones, I thought the Panthers didn't really give them much. I'd have to check the data on that to see if I'm actually correct or not. But just by my eye test, it seems like the Canadians didn't get much. But uh, yeah, great for Nick Suzuki. And as you mentioned... We talked about it before the season even really uh, you and i julian that without that insulation of Dano, and even like the support from kokaniemi because like dvorak who's replaced kokaniemi has been out a lot of the year i think the majority of the year even They, so yeah he's been on an island at the center position with a ton of pressure on him and the fact that he's still producing despite all that when the team was so bad for 45 games This has been an incredible year for Nick Suzuki, and after what looked like a lost development year for Caulfield, things are looking up. All right, so I do want to talk about the announcement, but I want everybody who's watching this to share it first. We want to get as many people in here as possible.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is a really big announcement yeah. and I'm re- I'm really excited to, to hear you say it. I'm really excited for, for the announcement. Man. This is, this is, this is really cool. Yeah. Also, uh, I'll take the time to say, I'm not sure if people are up to date on Jake Evans. We know he got hurt late in that game. Uh, the Canadians say he has an upper body injury. He's doing fine, but he's currently day to day. Just going to put that out there.
1: Yeah. So that's really good. I like watching that. I thought he was his shoulder was destroyed, honestly. Yeah. Or at the very least, the really collarbone
0: was snapped. Uh, yeah. I, I just hearing Mike Johnson describe it, you're wondering if it's like, oh, it's the neck or the shoulder or something like that. It looked pretty bad. I like, I know Mackenzie Weger had some contact on him, but it's not as if he full on pushed him into the boards. I think it's a little up in there in terms of how that ended up happening, but it did look pretty bad for Jake Evans. So the fact that it's only day to day right now uh it's a it's better than, than a long term injury. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think there's a, a bit of
1: like reckless abandon that Evans plays with. Like he seems to get hurt a fair amount because of it. And there's some of that is on him. Like I don't want to blame him for getting injured, but he did kind of ignore his own safety in order to try to get a shot there. And <laughs> hmm. you know we we got defended him but i don't think he actually did anything that even would have been called a penalty i, I know people were kind of up in arms that that i know that he afterwards was like he's fine and whatever that's just hockey players i think they complain about everything that takes away a scoring chance or goes against them i i don't think there's anything mckenzie Weegar did that makes me disrespect him in any way that's just an unfortunate situation yeah but yeah good good for jake that evans that he's not bad. out long term because that would be real bad. All right. Yes. So anything announcement out soon. It's almost 1130 p.m. All right. I'm going to tweet out the link again and tell everybody that the announcement is coming up in a minute here. But while I'm doing that, I'm going to say, you know what, where this game was lost for the Montreal Canadiens, Julian, where? both blue lines,
0: mm. both
1: blue lines. The Canadians were terrible. They could not clear not a lot rezone. of good defense. Yep. I mean, part of it's roster construction, right? Like, they only have what they have, right? But both exiting the zone, their defense, and their forwards really struggled to get past the Panthers. And part of that's the pressure that the Panthers apply, and they really struggled to enter the Panthers' zone. And that happened on the power play as well, like their power play. My God, it was terrible tonight. It was awful. Still bad.
0: Yeah, like the power play. What's funny is there was a quote that went around uh, like a different media availability that you said again with Martin St-Louis or other players. And media people would just keep asking players like, you know, people keep saying that if learning about the power play for Martin St-Louis is kind of like getting like a master's degree in this. Well, no disrespect to them, but if this is a master's degree in getting a power play, I think you need the refund back because the power play yeah. from the Canadians – it could still use some improvement, but Martin St. Louis in all fairness, like I, I think there are some concepts of the power play that he's trying to get into his players, but I don't know if he's necessarily had all the time in the world to get all the concepts he's in. I think of one time I asked him a question. I forget. I think about it at the Seattle Kraken game it was the OT where they had four forwards on, on the ice and they managed to keep the puck in the zone for about almost two minutes but they weren't able to get a goal, in. and this was an overtime. So they had a four-on-three, and I remember asking Marty about it. And essentially, the biggest gripe about it was that while they were moving the puck around, some guys just were static and were yeah. Not that was when they did around. the four forwards, right? Exactly. Like Mike Hoffman at one point just like was did not move that much on the power play. And I remember asking Marty about it, and he was saying like, you know, like it, 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 I'm not afraid to put out four forwards, but honestly, it's like a concept like you know we tried out there, but we haven't really. Practiced it that much. He also took responsibility for it. And I know that's one particular example, but that would lead me to believe that maybe there are other aspects of the power play that maybe the coaching staff has not yet had time to implement as much as they would want. And maybe that also plays a role into why the power play is still not as successful as the team would want it to be. That's more, maybe more theory, but I'd like to think it's based in something.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think the, a part of it's going to be what you have available, right? I mean, no disrespect to the guys, but when you've got Matthew Perot and Laurent Dauphin on your second unit power play, it's not a great situation, Julian. <laughs> you know, not even really. like Chris Weidman, if Chris Weidman is your main point man on your first wave power play, it's a little bit limited. You know, uh, I thought he was really on the struggle bus tonight, but... We're also going to talk about Mike Hoffman. He had
0: a very but I'll say this night. about Chris Weidman though. Chris Weidman maybe not the best game from him tonight, but I'm still surprised at how he's been able to pick up points in these last few games. This is a guy about over a month ago who was saying like he needs to step up, or he's going to find himself paying to play in beer leagues at this point. But it, he, he's on a stretch now where I think he's like what, like seven or eight points in the last like nine games. Like he's, he's doing all right for himself. He's, he's put himself in a situation where, you know, maybe if the trade deadline was like a week later or something, maybe someone looks at him and says, Hey, you, you, you put out an offer there, but I know Scott Matlow was saying like, Hey, I'm surprised the teams didn't, didn't put out a flyer for him. But considering what Kent Hughes has said about all the draft picks that he has at his disposal, Flipping Chris Weidman for a fourth, fifth, or a sixth round pick probably doesn't serve all that much, right? If that's his value, that's his value. But if you have all those picks, especially in the first two rounds, what's the point of adding another just depth draft pick? That's just another, that's just a body that's just going to come through your system that you might have to debate just not signing to an ELC after they play their university or junior years, right? So you don't necessarily need it, but for a guy like Chris Weidman to still stick around. He can use this as an opportunity. If nothing else, if the Canes decide they're going to move on from him, this is his opportunity to enhance his value just yeah. in case some other team that might be pro scouting him and some of the different spots that he's in might think, you know what? Chris Weidman is still an NHL player. And you're right. Like if he's a top wave guy on a power play, your team probably isn't constructed very well. But Chris Weidman has a number six and a number seven defenseman. That's not the worst option in the world. And if you need him in a pinch, to, to be a, a power play guy, it's not the end of the world. Like he, he could do it. So I think for Chris Wybin right now, it's all about enhancing his own value, whether in the eyes of the Canadians in order to justify keeping him. And maybe there's a chance for that considering guys like Brett Kulak are, are no longer with the team and a lot of other younger players may see more minutes next year, depending on what the roster looks like. And having a guy like Chris Weidman will at least be a stopgap to ensure that you're not just plugging in the roster with young kids who are inexperienced. You can have a veteran there but it's all on him to just kind of establish uh, his value and enhance it as much as he can to give himself a place here in Montreal or in another market.
1: Yeah, and we will get back to Mike Hoffman as well. Uh, and maybe talk a little yeah, bit sorry. about Yeah, sorry.
0: Not that I wanted to delay the Mike Hoffman talk. I just wanted to just speak my piece on Chris White. For sure.
1: And, but we got to talk about the announcement, Julia, because people have been patient. And the announcement's yes. coming now. All right. You've been familiar now for 67 games of Game Over Montreal. You've seen Game Over International, both with the World Juniors and with the Olympics. But we're heading into the playoffs here, and it's time to unveil our plan. And you can see it right now on sdpn.ca slash careers. Because not only are we launching more Game Overs, we're launching Game Over Toronto. We're launching Game Over Edmonton. We're launching Game Over Calgary. And we're probably going to be launching Game Over Winnipeg and maybe even Game Over Vancouver. This network is exploding.
0: Price of the brick going up.
1: That's right. Price of brick going yes, up, sir. Price of Price SDPN of the going, going up. up.
0: <laughs> yes, sir.
1: It's going to be intense. So, if you are a huge fan of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, Vancouver Canucks, and you want to get into broadcasting, we're not necessarily limiting anything to big name people. We want. Nope. Passionate people care about speaking their piece on these teams. Professional who want to break in this industry. Listen, the post game slot for a long time in radio was where a lot of people cut their teeth. But local news is being taken away from us. All right. So SDPN is going to fill that gap. And this is not where it ends either. As you can, you can extrapolate where it's going with Game Over, all right? It's going to keep getting bigger. Next season is going to be crazy. There's going to be live shows out the yin-yang. There's going to be opportunities for a lot of talented, incredible people who wouldn't get the chance on a regular broadcast. This is why I've been so passionate about this project from the beginning. Yeah. Part of it is the fun that I get to have with people like Julian, people who I... Love hanging out with. But part of it is we are going to have the opportunity for tons of people to cut their teeth in this industry and make names for themselves to make us look good as well. I'm going to be here as the guy who's the point person for game over for everybody. I'll be checking my phone day and night to make sure that everybody's taken care of. You know, we've got amazing, amazing people like Jesse building this stuff out like Julian, who knows what it's all about, that you can lean on, like Steve, who's the nicest guy in the world, Adam, who's the most ambitious guy in the world, CJ, the insider, Alan Walsh, the agent, this place, Noxie and Cax, the friggin' players who kick ass in women's hockey and bring us some of the best interviews in the game. Did you hear them? You're gonna make me cry, man.
0: This is crazy, man. This is is incredible, man.
1: It's going places. Yeah, man. All right? So what we need you to do, if you want to be part of SDPN, is we need you to give us an application on the SDPN.ca slash careers and give us a three to five minute video explaining who you are, show us your personality, why you love your team and show us what you got. Now, the one caveat is don't try to be Steve. All right, because listen, don't do that. There's only one Steve. And that kind of personality, you just can't fake be you. We want to get to know you, the authentic you. And we already have held some interviews for these positions. And man, I'm I'm so hyped for you all to see. When this all launches, because the people that we've already talked to, I'm so excited for. I'm so I'm so excited for. The opportunities that we're gonna have to to talk about things that aren't talked about on broadcasts, to cover the NHL in a different way, like I, it almost makes me want to tear up. How cool this is! And I remember, I just want to hug you,
0: man. Like, yeah, man. I just it's remember, like, I remember you like calling me about this, like how many months ago, and I knew it was a good idea, man. I knew this was a great idea. So the fact that this is expanding into other markets across this country in Canada. Man, I'm I'm just really happy. I'm really excited for everyone, man. This is, I'm excited. For, I, I know, uh, and I, I have uh, the comments uh, in front of me, and I know, uh, shout out Robert Malloy, he's been posting links to the career page all th- in the chat. <laughs> Go do it, man. Go do it. Like, take the opportunity, uh, apply for it. It's a great opportunity. The SDPN, I mean, you know, it, it's a great place to be around, great place to be. So much support from people like Adam, Jesse, Steve, Andrew, Robert. Oh, the Discord community has been incredible, man. Like I, I, I love, I love the Discord community for the SDPN. And hey, if you apply and it works out for you, man, you could be a. If you if you already aren't a part of the Discord community, you could be firmly entrenched in that community, man. Like it's, is a really great place to work.
1: Yeah, just make sure that when you go in, your first comment is yes or no on pickles. It'll get everybody. Yeah, you got it. You got
0: to. You got to establish that from the jump, man. Yeah. You got to. You got to. You got to establish that.
1: We need like tags on all of our names. Yes or no on pickles in the Discord. <laughs> Ro- Robert, get on, that. get on that. I see <laughs> Jesse's in the chat here as well. He says, "Can I apply for Edmonton?" Well, I think Jesse did an amazing job last weekend. Come well on, me. So, Dave, hey, Jesse wants the job. Sorry, Edmontonians, you're getting a. Toronto Jesse want to go to
0: Edmonton. If Jesse went to Edmonton. What would that do for the future of the SDP? Are people willing to just have Adam and Steve again? And then you just have, I don't know, whoever hosts Game Over Toronto do. it. Let Omar actually, you know what? Omar filling Omar and Steve on the same podcast. I'd pay to see that. Yeah. I would pay to see Omar and Steve on the same podcast. Tic tac Tomar, by the way, for reference for everyone. But like I would pay to watch a podcast with Omar and Steve. And I already. I have the pleasure of being on a show with Omar uh, called Zone Time. So I know with Steve, I mean, you might need earplugs after a few episodes, but it would be gold.
1: <laughs> oh my god, yeah! And uh, Jesse mentions if you haven't downloaded the SDPN app, not hiring you. So download the SDPN. Barrier Oof. to entry. You got to get on that. It's an amazing app. It allows you to watch the YouTube, and you can shrink it down. YouTube doesn't let you do that on their own app. You can have it running while you're using other apps on your phone it's fantastic it's such a great on, app man. it's so smooth jesse did such an amazing job building that but yeah i am so pumped for this thing and the fact that we're going to start it all heading into the playoffs i think it's going to build so much hype and serve these markets with something that they just don't have it's the same as montreal man like it's been a, de- a bad year frankly to start it i wish i would have had this idea and pitched it to Adam last year.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, 2020 yeah. during the pandemic. Be
1: like, yeah, a couple of months that. too late, a couple of months too late for the cup run. I feel like we'd be in a better spot right now, but you know what? It's still been a fantastic season. We've got under 20 games to go now. I think 15 games to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not ready for it to be over. Frankly, I'm excited for the playoffs, but I'm not ready for it to be over either. It's been such a fantastic trip. And it's only going to get more insane.
0: I'm excited to see who uh, ends up hosting these shows in Calgary, Toronto and all the playoff markets, because to have the greatness of game over stop after the regular season would be a shame. I think it's the perfect time to see like someone step up and host the show in Calgary and see how they go through their playoff run. Maybe they're the Canadian team that goes to the Stanley Cup final this year. Maybe it could be the Leafs. Maybe they went around this year. If they went around it, I know, I know. If the Leafs, though, if they win around this year, can you imagine what the SDP and the SDP oh on its own would be like? Like, for, for Canadians fans, I know, borderline insufferable if the Leafs win around this year. But, hey, a lot of people will gravitate around them. But, you know, we also got to shout out the people who have been tuning in to Game Over Montreal yes. all year, man. Cause, 100%. Because... You guys don't need to do that, but you do them. it.
1: Like people who were watching when, like game 40 before Ducharme was fired. Like, oh, I love you. Masocus. I, I was I was at the point. <laughs> it was at the point at the end of every show, Julian. I was saying, like, I love you.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you have to in the world. You have <laughs> to look around for that shit. Cheering around, cheering for a team, getting the brakes beaten off them by Minnesota. Like eight two. That's love. That is love if you're willing to watch your team go through that and then watch Andrew talk to you about, you know, but also just the guests too. the fact that you've been able to get all these great guests on game over that also plays into it. So if that's the case with all these other shows on Calgary, Toronto and all the other markets, like I'm curious to see the creativity of the guests that some of the other hosts, whenever we get them, what through these interviews and whatever, what they're going to be able to do as well. Because a big reason why I think game over Montreal works as well you're getting a perspective from yourself, but also different people every game. So I know it's kind of sounding like a big ad for game over right now. We'll get to my coffin, but uh, we got, congratulations, man. I'm, I'm really happy thank for you. you, man. This is an idea you really wanted to, you know, move off the ground and do really well. And it's, it's taken that next step. And I just want to say I'm really proud of you, dude.
1: Well, thank you, Julian. I really appreciate it. And I, I'm so excited. Like, it feels like this is what you, you build up to, right? And yeah. This is still only the beginning. Like, this is going to get crazy. Like, you guys have no idea. I think when they started talking about SDPN before they launched any other shows, and I know that you and CJ were in the works for a very long time. I don't think anybody realized how ambitious the boys are who run this company. It's going to get crazy. You guys are going to have so much hashtag content. You're gonna have
0: so many Man. manscaped
1: ads talking about balls. You have no idea.
0: <laughs> That's my Adam Wilde impersonation. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> my Adam Wilde
1: impersonation is uh can't eat cereal. Too spicy. Yeah, it's
0: too spicy. <laughs> too spicy. Next time I see him, next time I see him, I want to get him a box of raisin bran just so he can, you know. You know, just see how his palate could take it. He
1: needs that brand to keep him regular, old Adam Wild,
0: bro. Just put some paprika in there, and see what happens.
1: Oh no, you're gonna kill him. <laughs> Jesse says next year we're going to space.
0: Game over, space.
1: You know, during uh, the first period tonight, when Dylan was watching with me, he was watching. Uh, he was like half watching a little video, and they went to space. And he asked me, like in all seriousness, as only a toddler can. He's like. Next summer, can I go to space? Oh, <laughs> it's like, no, I, don't think, I don't think so, bud. He's like, What about when I'm an adult? And I was like,
0: Maybe look, if you, I mean, maybe it,
1: it's getting more common now, you never know.
0: But yeah, uh, yeah, SpaceX.
1: Yeah, I was like, You want to be an astronaut? You better do good in school. That's all I got to say. But uh, yeah, okay, so that's our announcement. I feel like we took up a lot of time doing it, which, sorry. I'm just really hyped. Sorry, not
0: sorry. Yeah, sorry, it's, it's, it's not sorry. It's for game over. Come on, man.
1: It is. And, you know, we've got, uh, along with side that, even after the season's over, like, the World Juniors are going to be in August, so clearly we got to bring mm. back Game Over International for that. There's there's stuff happening, guys. It's going to mm-hmm. be crazy. But, uh, okay, so Mike Hoffman.
0: <laughs> Finally. Mike yes, Hoffman.
1: let's talk about Mike Hoffman. We need to talk to him. Talk to, Talk about him. I feel like he's... Like the effort level under St. Louis has been night and day from the last stretch under Ducharme where he just like we talked about on this show. He said he didn't give a shit. He gives yeah. a shit now. It's just that he's still my God.
0: <laughs> Yeah. When he's on, he's on. When he's not on, he is not on. And, it's and, just and he just defensively. It's just it's not there for him. If he, and, if and, if he and, never needed to pass trying. the
1: puck, Julian, he'd be amazing.
0: But as oh, soon as he man. has to
1: pass the puck, it's like, how about to the other team?
0: I don't know. What's interesting is that, like, Marte St. Louis has bigged him up for quite some time.
1: Yeah, he's uh, leaning on him hard. I, yeah. I, I love it. Honestly, I love that St. Louis is still giving him ice time like crazy. Because even during this, I think it's an 11-game goalless drought now. He is getting chances. And I feel like standing by him when there's not nothing to lose, like, that's the kind of thing next season maybe they don't do. But for right now, giving him every opportunity to get back on the horse and start scoring again, I I love that. I love that. I think that's something that you take advantage of the fact that it's a lost season, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. But I think a big reason why people would love that is because when Mike Hoffman does score, he, he's one of those guys who will score in bunches. He's a very streaky yep. type of player. And when he gets to scoring, then OK, like you just have to like his confidence is up. You have to take advantage of it. So basically, the Canadians are just trying to put him in a position. They put him on the top line tonight with Cole Caulfield, and Nick Suzuki. They're just trying to put him in a position where if he just gets one goal in, even whether it's an empty net goal or goal at five on five power play any way you can get it. That's something that's supposed to propel his momentum into the next game. It just hasn't happened yet. But on the defensive side, uh, some pretty big gaps, including uh, one goal one goal that was essentially a very easy pass to the opposition, I think, in the third period. Like, not even, like, the Canadians in their own zone tonight, I thought were not great. I thought they were not doing a good job of clearing the puck. No, and they were not and when it came time for them to, when they lost the puck, when the Florida Panthers were pouncing on Jake Allen, you're talking about one, maybe two Panthers all alone in front of Jake Allen. And he's pretty helpless. Another game for Jake Allen where he has to do a lot of work and you can't really fault him too much for the goals that he's allowed. I think the goaltending, in spite of everything that's gone on for this year, I know Samuel has had some bad stretches. Jake Allen, as best as he can, while he's healthy, he has tried his best to keep the team afloat but tonight he did not get sufficient amount of help from the defense and whether it's from the zone defenders or even forwards, coughing up the puck, he did not get a lot of help. And Mike Hoffman, unfortunately was one of those guys who did not help his situation.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Jake Allen as being a positive because how rare is it that a guy gives up six and we're sitting here like, man, it could have been 10. (laughs) (laughs) He was actually, especially in the first period, I thought absolutely incredible. And that's been kind of what's allowed the Canadians to stick around in games recently. They've, they've been really rough in first periods for a couple of weeks now, like since the trade deadline and Allen's just been like, Nope, we're not getting buried that early. He's like Don't. refusing to let it happen. And it allows them to get back into games. Like eventually they did give up four and it was four to one, but hey, it was four to one.
0: It was four one. And they found a way to come back and tie it at least, you know, I, a lot of four one scores that. tonight in the NHL. Yeah.
1: After they tied it, and Leafs fans were like all over me. I didn't even realize that it was four one in the Leafs game as well. They were up on Boston, <laughs> and yeah. they were just like, "No, yeah, it's not four one anymore. It's six to two or whatever." And I was like, "I, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> you guys two are words. so soft right
0: now." <laughs> two words, Andrew: rent free.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Oh my god, they overuse that so much. I was, talking, <laughs> I was talking about that with Adam this morning and I was like, your guys' fan base needs to delete those two words from their vocabulary because it doesn't mean what you think it means. When people are making fun of you, it's not living rent-free. You're, like, it's, it's making fun of you. Rent-free yeah. is like how the Leafs are with every single opponent in the first round. The first round lives rent-free in the Maple Leafs' mind. It is not the other way around.
0: <laughs> I love what going on Sportsnet uh, Fan 590, usually with uh, my good friend J.D. Bunkus and then having someone try to make some joke with me about how bad the Canadians are as if that's going to hurt my spirit. It actually really doesn't for one. And two, they maybe say some comment about how the Canadians were the worst finals team they've seen and how everything was fluky. Leaves fans know when you say stuff like that, it makes the first round exit all that worse, right? Yes, like you guys, you guys realize that, right? I, I just want that out there for people who think it means something to get at me because it's happened to me before, too. It, it doesn't do anything for me. The check comes in every two weeks for me when it comes to me talking about the Canadians, and it's y'all who care about your team and are down in the dumps the way that you are. It's true, it's our, and you know, frankly. I think what hurts the most
1: with for Leafs fans and I understand it completely if they were to score in either of those overtimes they were going to go to the Stanley Cup final. They would have destroyed Winnipeg just like the Habs would beat Winnipeg. I don't and would I think, they beat I think, Vegas? I think they would have beat Vegas. Cuz Vegas they were exposed last year for how willing they were to shoot from the outside and with yeah. how Campbell was playing with how well the Leafs were playing overall, I don't I don't think that strategy would have worked against the Leafs. I, I think that would have been over and around the same six games that the Canadians took. Maybe Leafs better,
0: had better center depth than the, than the Golden Knights. Remember, the Golden Knights had like Chandler Stephenson. As their top yeah,
1: people center, were right? acting like Chandler Stephenson was the next Austin Matthews when he was out. Like, oh, yeah, you're only winning because Chandler Stephenson is out. Like, bro, Chandler Stephenson. What? His name's Chandler.
0: Like, wow. <laughs> so I take it you're not a friend, Stan?
1: No. Not not big, although Chandler was the best part of Friends.
0: I think Friends is like overrated. I think it's a, a very funny overrated. show. I think it's a funny show. I think it like is a genuinely like a funny show, but I don't understand why people regard it as like the funniest show on television. Oh, it's like I, I I don't understand what, like congrats to everyone for securing the bag, I guess. But I don't think Friends is the sh- the show that you think it is. And I don't know how you could do a whole show about six people living in new york or whatever six white people living in new york and you see like three black people the entirety of the show that you all y'all live in some different part of new york i've never seen it's just very very like a very this is very much a fictional show it's so weird friends is not the show you think it is new girls a better show way better show new girls Girl's one of New Girls one of the best comedies I've ever seen. That's a show that was supposed to be just surrounding one character, and the ensemble cast ended up just rising above and turning itself into one of the best comedy shows ever. Friends is a funny show. It's just not the show you think it is. Come at me in the comments. Get at me. I don't care. Friends is overrated.
1: Yep. I'm 100% with you, bud. 100% with you.
0: <laughs> oh, no. At we, me.
1: I made the Jets fans mad. <laughs> oh no! Know there was Jets fans. What did in the you chat. do? They said they wouldn't yes, have destroyed Winnipeg. We wouldn't have lost Shifley. So different story. Listen, I hate to break it to you, but uh the Canadians oh, absolutely <laughs> shit kicked the Jets in the game that Shifley played. <laughs> and oh shit! Listen, that series oh, was damn. a murder. It was one Yo. of the. It was literally in the analytics era the biggest differential in scoring chances ever recorded in a playoff series. It was only four games. Like, that was a murder. And the Montreal Canadiens weren't that good. The Jets suck. I'm sorry. They do. They're not good. So the, the Toronto Jets, East I have to say, I know the Jets.
0: Them. Here's the thing. We talk about how the Leafs have what they have, and they haven't been able to get out of the first round. At least they have, like, you know, Marner and Matthews, the core they have. They're still trying to get better as a team. The Winnipeg Jets are on the downslide, and it's a waste. I yep. still think with the core that they had in their top six, uh, that's a team that should have been able to make some runs. And the fact that they're likely going to be on the way out and probably cutting some guys at the end of the year and salary and whatever, what a waste of a core. A team with Mark Scheifele, Blake Wheeler, Nikolai Ehlers, Kyle Connor, who I don't know if we can call him underrated anymore. A dude scoring the the lights out every year. Like they get Pierre-Luc Dubois. They had Patrick Laine. And they said, "All right, it's not working out." And they flipped him for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who fits in there. This should be a team that should be the best team in Canada with the fours that they have. Josh Morrissey at the back as well. Connor Hellebuck doing his yep. thing. What if it was was up for? what a Vesna a couple of years ago. Yep, he's incredible. Waste. And it's it, a, He's it a great a goalie. It's a waste from the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets should be so much better than what they are. I don't know if people get mad at me at that, but they absolutely should be way better. Than what they've given over the last how many years. And the fact that the Canadians not only beat them, dismantled them, they embarrassed I was shocked. them. I was like, stunned.
1: I remember being was. at that OT
0: game where, where Tyler Tefoli ended the series. I'm like, what? Like, like the Jets? Like they like game what game four of the series, you find yourself in a position where you get you go home if you lose, and Logan Stanley is the only man scoring goals for you. What Winnipeg. What are y'all doing? Yeah. They they it was an embarrassment how bad Embarrassing. Winnipeg winnipeg As they say on TikTok, now on TikTok, are you not embarrassed? Like what's going on, fam?
1: <laughs> winnipeg. Oh my
0: god. Winnipeg, fam. There's, a comment, fam. there's a comment here.
1: What does that say about the engine oilers who got swept out <laughs> the jet?
0: <laughs> I not mean... get me sorry about the Edmonton Oilers too don't get me sorry about the Edmonton Oilers I Ken yes. Holland out here using Mike Smith in debt
1: we can't go all in every
0: year come on come on get Bro. off the Canadians found a way to go to a Stanley Cup final by hoisting up Carey Price and just praying to God that something just works go for it Edmonton Winnipeg I hope Calgary does well this year. Calgary with the spot that they have, I, I thought that they weren't going to do as well, but they look like a team to beat. I think right now it's, it's Colorado and Calgary, actually. And the last time they played, they did really well. I hope Calgary goes far in the playoffs this year and they do well. This is a team, I think, that needs some playoff runs and they could establish themselves as the team in Canada that has the best chance of bringing Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup back to Canada. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I'm tired of teams just sitting back and thinking, well, ah, you know, we just have the players we have. It's just okay. Don't waste your talent. Do something with it.
1: Yep. I'm with I'm you. On we got to get people going all in. I feel like I'm... it's going to get there. I hope so. I hope the NHL realizes what the league can be. But yeah, about Edmonton, that was not the same thing as the Canyons brutalizing the Jets. Let's, let's be real. No. And I know that everyone hates talking about the refs as like an excuse. But the official officiating in that series was an abomination. It's probably Mm. the worst I've ever seen in my life. What was allowed to happen to Connor McDavid in that series. And also, I believe like three of the four games were in overtime and a bunch of them were like blown leads in the third period because Mike Smith couldn't stop a beach ball. Like, listen, the the Jets have quick strike offense and they have great goaltending that can lead to short bursts of success like they're having right now. But overall, they're just, they're not a well-constructed team. And that will never lead to real success. Just like the Montreal Canadiens under Michel Therrien. were not a well-constructed team that would lead to sustained success. They had great pieces. We've seen this story before. That's why Julian and I know your team's bad. It's it's bad. It's not going to win. All right. So with that said, apply to (laughs) game over Winnipeg (laughs) so that you can disagree with us. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah Andrew Berkshire in Montreal yeah he, uh, he's what a what a what a hoser eh is yeah. that how they talk in Winnipeg probably and meanwhile
1: not. I'm like producing it like end show
0: <laughs> End show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can't really hear anything on Game over Winnipeg because the host is on mute all the time every time he starts <laughs> talking about how dumb Andrew Berkshire is it's on mute
1: <laughs> oh my god you oh, funny yeah. all right uh, we'll wrap it there because I know Julian's got to get to sleep I got to get to sleep because I stayed up way too late last night watching Drive to Survive. I got asked uh, a couple shows ago who is my favorite uh, driver. I'm on season three now. I want more Esteban Ocon. I want to see more of him. He kept him out of season two because he didn't have a seat. And yes, I'm finally realizing why everybody hates Red Bull. They are Oh my God. The whining
0: so yeah, much whining. I can't, I can't, I can't get behind Max Verstappen. I still have to watch drive to survive, but I find myself watching War F1. Like I'm still bitter about how Verstappen won the, won the, uh, the championship last year. And I know everyone's like, Oh, you know, we want to race and all that. But like the circumstances I think could have been a lot better. I really wanted Lewis Hamilton to win.
1: Oh yeah, man. Lewis Hamilton. What an absolute monster that
0: Legend.
1: man is. Like Legend. he's, he's incredible. I, I feel bad goat. for him right now that, uh, he, that there's just so much pressure on him to always be the guy talking about every issue. He's the only yeah. guy who will. That's got to be draining. But uh, that's a topic for another time. Uh, Weirin says, I'm a Montreal fan and I'm a Ferrari fan. What a surprise. That's
0: like yeah. everybody in my Big wife's Surprise.
1: <laughs> a Montreal surprise. Are supporting Montreal Ferrari.
0: fan, <laughs> Ferrari. Ba- yeah, you know, seriously. What a shock.
1: Yeah, I listen, I don't mind a Ferrari. I would drive one if they gave it to me, that's for sure. But uh I don't know. I don't know who, I don't know which giving team free
0: sponsorships.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Ferrari needs our help. <laughs> <laughs> if SDPN sold str- one Ferrari, the bonus check would be through the roof.
0: Yo, the str- listen, is is struggling, is a, struggling, is a struggling business, brother. <laughs> they need support. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. All right. Love you all for sticking with us through this season. Obviously, it's a lot better now. It's a lot more fun now, but we have fantastic guests, amazing conversation, and we're going to have more for you. So much content. The playoffs don't go anywhere. SDPN is your source for the best in the business. Head to SDPN.ca/slash careers. I love you too, Robert. And check out where we're launching, and if you're not represented in one of those markets, stay tuned.
0: All right? I'll stick with s- that. Also, also, Jared Book, no, I'm not going to do all of those jobs. <laughs> do you see his tweet? He said, not sure why these are posted. Can't Julian just do them all? <laughs> no,
1: Julian just do them all? <laughs> no. The man of a million
0: podcasts. I have enough work to do.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Somebody says throwback to Wings Night. We should do another... Uh... Gauntlet,
0: but we got to get Steve want, and
1: Adam and Jesse to do it. That's the thing.
0: I want the SDP. I mean, I mean, at this point, I don't think cereal is spicy. How's he gonna handle it, Wait,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: How's he gonna handle?
1: Adam's it? I'm like, I, to- I have a medical condition. Like you're younger <laughs> than me. <Luke.
0: laughs>
1: Heartburn. <laughs> Heartburn shouldn't uh, our, be a
0: laughing matter, but you know, in this case, it is. It's already in the
1: case of Adam. It 100 percent is. We got to. We got to make cereal. fun of it. All right, we'll see you again on Thursday night for, I believe, what is it, the Carolina Hurricanes that they're facing?
0: Some team, yeah. <laughs> facing I I, some I, team. I, yes, the Hurricanes. I forget the schedules. I'm sorry. Like It's, it's not, right. Me like Me too. Like a, yeah.
1: Nobody remembers anything. So it's Carolina on Thursday, Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. Man, this is a slog of a schedule for the Montreal Canadiens. So they're
0: probably, running. Aside from New Jersey, they're basically running through the gauntlet of the Atlantic teams. Division. Yep. And yep. into the Metro as well of Carolina. But yeah, it's, it's insane.
1: It is. All right. So we'll see you then. Can't wait to talk about this more because there's going to be a lot to talk about. We're going to be doing interviews of people who apply. We're going to be watching your videos. I'm excited. The fans are excited. The sponsors are excited. Uh, rest in peace, Eugene Melnick, I guess. That was uh, a sad thing to end. Just kind <laughs> just throw
0: it in there. I, I don't I know just about throw that. It in there.
1: I'm just I going off on everything right that. now. All right, we'll talk to you soon. We've we dragged it on too long. We all.